gear up as Cash Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. This is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters and CEO of Titan Digital. Today, I've got with me Josh, Josh Doherty. Did I say it right? Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> okay, good. Of uh, a brave new, very interesting agency name. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, a number of things today. But it's like, really, it's um, how branding, you know, entrepreneurs and their brands. How can they safeguard, you know, the future of their business? Their safeguard the brand that they're building. You know, there's so much that goes into, you know, starting a company getting it out there. And there's a lot of things you end up having to protect. Josh, it's great to have you on. Tell us a little bit about you know yourself, your agency. Where do you guys have your focus? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Cash. I'm excited to be here. My background is really doing brand strategy, um, web design, digital strategy over the last 15 years. Spent a lot, my whole career in the agency space. I'm one of those crazy people, right? You have people that bounce back and forth, but I like mm -hmm. the energy and the activity in the agency side of things. So really enjoy that. Um, my agency is a brave new, as you said, we're located out of Seattle, Washington. And our focus really is we're a brand content strategy and design shop. We work primarily in the B2B space um, inside of B2B healthcare and technology. So we have... The reason I love this, some people are like, oh, my gosh, those are kind of boring areas to work yeah. in. And the reason I love I, that those <laughs> industries is they're hard to work in. You got to solve hard problems. Yeah, uh, I deal with insurance. So, OK, I know all about, you know, um, less exciting industries, we'll say. Exactly. <laughs> and I always tell people, like, I think technology has a lot of exciting stuff to go on on. But healthcare oh, totally. sometimes folks are not as excited about, but I think the interesting challenges that we face are challenges around, you have tightly regulated industries mm -hmm. that we're working in. There's a lot of, in the healthcare side and the technology side, you're often, what people can do is determined by maybe big tech that they're getting funding for to fund their marketing, you know, all those sort of things. So we have to be think creatively about how do you make your brand stand out and not sound like everyone else that's in that, in that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, it's something that like business owners often don't realize like an agencies, a lot of them will do, will deal with, you know, pretty much any type of business. Right. But, mm -hmm. you know, but there will be areas that they end up specializing in, like say we deal with a lot of hardware stores, insurance. And over the years we've done a lot in the trucking space, you know, driver recruitment, things yeah. like that. I talked to um, an agency owner uh, recently that they deal in cannabis, you know, it's totally. like they're actually launching a, um, like an offshoot of their regular agency because of how many people they're already dealing with in that space to uh, help market the stores. Yeah. You know, and so there's a lot of things like you end up developing um, a lot of deeper insight. You know, you dealing with healthcare, you're right about the regulations. That's the thing about cannabis. So there's a lot of regulations there Probably. too. And if you don't know those things, you know, in the healthcare space with all the stuff, you know, with HIPAA, you know, compliance laws, things you can and cannot do, you know, like people don't, you know, really realize like, you know, what goes into it. And the more, you know, from a marketing standpoint, it makes it easier, you know, to work with the agency, because if you're working with one that already has that knowledge, you know, you're going to have, it, it shortens the learning curve. Cause if they've never dealt in the space, there's a, there's a lot that they've got to also figure out because you can do a lot of things that's wrong. It's like, um, 
you know, online advertising has got a few areas that are very specific of what you can and cannot do. You know, mm-hmm. think, um, like I say, medical, yes, but also other areas. Like um, I did uh, some research uh, not that long ago on, you know, like tobacco is like heavily regulated. There's a bunch of things you can't do and stuff. But amazingly enough, cigars, you know, there are certain types of ads you can run for cigar shops and, and things, you know, so and until I really dug into it, I didn't know. You know, like I had no idea what you, I, you know, because it was tobacco kind of assumed that like cigarettes, you wouldn't be able to do it. But actually with cigars or you can to some extent, you know, run online ads. Um, right. So that's what, you know, that's what happens. And that's why, you know, people, like say, if you're looking for an agency, like say technology, that side, fascinating. There's all sorts of things you're going to end up, you know, because the companies you deal with are going to be, could be quite different, but they're all technology oriented, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, most everyone is technology oriented today, right? It's not like you have someone, people that aren't doing technology. Um, And then really, like, I think what we do at the end of the day is really focused on how do we help people be bold, be brave and be remembered in their space? And so I think Mm -hmm. like we think about your audience, if you're focusing on if you're an entrepreneur running a small business, any of those types of things, like all the stuff that we talk about with these organizations, sure, the technicalities may be different, but the whole thing is, how do we create this lasting memory that's going to help people when they think of you be like, oh, yeah, such and such a business, they're the people who do this. And they're the only people I know who do that. And so that's really the core of the branding work and the efforts we have is helping people understand what is that keystone memory, that core memory at the essence of their brand. And then how do we sprinkle that or infuse it throughout their whole organization so that they can be successful at building an asset that's going to live long term versus Mm -hmm. something that's just going to be a marketing campaign that they're going to have trouble sustaining over time. Yeah, well, that leads us into today's subject, because what we're talking about is how you're using your own brand to build, you know, help you build a sustainable business because your brand is, you know, in central piece of what you, you know, of your business. And if you're not really, let's say, if you're not really building a strong brand, you know, often in business, you talk about being able to like step away from the business, but if you don't have a strong brand, what ends up happening is you might be the business, you know, it doesn't matter if you, you can build up a staff, you can build, it doesn't have the ability to separate from you. Yeah. And that's what a lot of businesses end up in that kind of a situation. And so if they're building it, you know, if they're really focused on the brand, they're also focused on what the future looks like and maybe a future that can not necessarily be without them in the sense of they sell the business or something. That is certainly an aspect, but one that allows for more freedom, you know, within it. Um, So let's start like, you know, where do businesses need to be, you know, if they're looking to build a strong brand identity, that's going to benefit from the long, you know, in the long run, where are they going to start? How do they get going with this? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that everyone gets really stuck up on this and they start thinking like, oh my gosh, this is something big and something I'm not sure how to get going with. And for me, there's really three questions that I like to start with someone to ask as they start building things out. Because when we think about brand, right, just to, to step back a second, mm-hmm. there is a brand strategy that you have. We call that brand drivers at a brave new, which is things like your essence for Harley Davidson, 
the essence is freedom, right? They're selling this oh, yeah. concept of freedom, not motorcycles. Disney's selling this concept of magic, not their everything. But they're infusing that then as a connecting thread on, through any, everything mm -hmm. else. And then inside inside the brand drivers along with that essence are things like personality, maybe a promise that you're having, et cetera. But it's like the core ideas that make your brand special. Then you have your brand extensions that might be your logo, your colors, all the design, the messaging that you're using. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I want to do is everyone skips often to like, what is that front facing uh, kind of that? What is that picture or the what does the design look like? How do we stand out from our messaging? And I always encourage people to take a step back and say, let's look at the brand strategy first, because at the end of the day, your company is only as important as the memory it leaves in your customer's minds. Yeah. And so if you can't infuse the right memory with your messaging, with your visuals, with every touch point, you're not going to succeed in building your brand. So the, the key thing we need to do is figure out what that memory is. Mm -hmm. And so I like to ask three questions to do that. The first one is kind of a repeat of this idea, but it is like, what memory do you want your company to leave with people? Hmm. That's so a really, <laughs> I like that question a lot. That's, that's really, yeah, that's kind of one of those like deeper, you know, you think this through for a second, you know, like don't just you yeah. know, rush to answer. Yeah. And I think of like a big brand like Airbnb, something like that. They wanted to leave the memory that we can, I think Airbnb's essence, obviously people don't publish this, but it's like you can feel at home anywhere in the world, right? Yeah. And so they are really changing the game for travel. They're struggling in certain cities like New York now where people are saying can't have these short-term rentals, yeah. but that if you can get to that kind of idea and say, hey, I want people to walk away thinking this about me, it's going to be hugely valuable for you. Yeah. The next thing, if I'm working with entrepreneurs um, or even CEOs, business leaders, is the question of what do you want your legacy to be? And so this is a deeper question, but it's also going to get to the core of like for an entrepreneur or for someone who maybe is running the business as a CEO has super invested, yeah. a lot of their identity is and the secret sauce is baked into who they are as a person and how they do their work. And so if they can start thinking about, you know, long term, where do I want to be? What do I want to stand out as? What do I want to be able to look back and say, I did this? It helps us get to some of those core ideas. And then the final question is, um, how do I want people to explain my company when I'm not in the room? Mm. And that also starts to get to those ideas. So all of those, those three questions really start to help things swirl and get to the concept of what are you selling that's actually behind yeah. your products and services. Yeah, that's it. I was thinking about that second question, you know, actually a couple of them. So like the first one, um, I keep having the, I have this um, visualization in my head of Coke's commercial from the 70s. Yeah, mm -hmm. where everybody was so happy. You remember the one? I can't remember the tagline, but it, you know, the had the whole song and everything. You know, um, you know that they did with uh, you know, it looked like a bunch of hippies and stuff out oh, of yeah, the yeah. field. Yep. Yeah, you know, trying. Okay, I know so one. I have that in my head because you, you know, it's like, what do you want your customers to walk away feeling and stuff? You know, you eat, you yeah. drink a coke, and the world is wonderful. You know, but it's like this real feel good moment. And then the second question. Um, jobs came to mind, you know, because yeah. it's like, what do you want to be like remembered for? Well, in the case of Apple and jobs, it's not the technology, it's the design, 
you know, he became really design focused. Yes, it's got great hardware in the computers. And, you know, you've got all, you know, like that part's all there, you know, but I want you to really identify with the product that you really love the design. You want it because it's almost a status symbol as much as Mm -hmm. anything, you know, to have a, a Mac, you know, versus, you know, even... When he first came back, um, I saw an interesting thing, uh, like a documentary or something. But when he first went back to Apple in like the mid '90s, they um, before they got into you know the MacBook Pros and all you know everything we recognize today. You remember the uh, line of computers that they had that were uh, they were all desktop, but they were colored. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like those first ones. Yeah, and that was the first big change in design. Yeah, that they did where they were really trying to grab the eye. And it was actually a pretty successful line because of that. And then they, as they realized people really did buy, buy into that, they ended up doing more of it. You know, and of course it became, you know, what we know today with every product they come out with. So if you think of jobs, you know, what do you want to be known for? What's Apple known for? Well, it's the design as much of it as anything. And I think that's super fascinating that you bring up the, I can't remember what were those. I can't remember the name of the line of computer, but like those were not the best computers at that point yeah. i would say apple's operating system it was fine but it was not up to par with where it is today right and mm-hmm. so you really touch on something huge i think apple's a good example because they've been so careful about how they've cultivated their brand but great brands think about the emotions they're trying to evoke so i often yes. talk to people about what's that first order of emotion how do i want someone to feel after their first interaction with me yeah. How do I want them to feel after or after their second interaction? And then what's the highest order emotional benefit that I want to convey? And that emotional benefit is like it changes my perspective on the world. And I think Apple or how I see myself, I guess, is a better way to say this. And Apple is a little bit that way. Being someone who's been in the Apple universe, I'm pretty committed to it. It's like I see myself as a more design oriented person, as a more exclusive uh, person with good taste. Good design taste yeah. because I use Apple products, which is silly, right. right? But at the end of the day, but that's what great yeah. brands do. They change our perspective about how we see ourselves, which builds loyalty. Yeah. That first, I looked it up. That uh, first one, it was the first generation iMac. Oh, it was iMac. I almost said yeah. that, but I wasn't sure. But it was the very first one they released. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so that's what, that's what it was. But it incorporated color. It had the see-through so you could see the hardware you know, in the... Uh, in the back of the computer behind the monitor and everything yeah and i say so it is yeah like what do you want to be you know known for so i think that question is really a good one because it's like you know for a business owner if they're building the brand up you know they say too many people focus on the visuals and a lot of it is is the you know what you become known for and how you operate and and the products and the services and the way you do things you know it goes into that and that's it is really important always to the business owner. What, you know, if you were gone, how would people perceive the business? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like to build on that, when we think about establishing the business, being known for something, it allows you to create a brand that has like, it does two things for you, really. It allows you to create a brand that has longevity, right? Because mm-hmm. we, every business has to evolve to survive. They have to grow. They have to change. This is a necessity of business. But if you can think deeply about that thing that you want to be known for, your product line, your service line can evolve and change. And the core through 
thread that's running behind or under or in through everything can stay the same. And so you have the flexibility to grow and change while having a continual message. So mm -hmm. that's one thing I would say. And then the other thing that allows you to do is to not have missteps, right? So one of the things that outputs of our branding process with people is we have an, a tool called the brand filter. It's five questions that really relates on, you know, what's ask them, ask someone to evaluate whenever they're making a decision for their business around, does it match up with the essence? How does this decision match up with the promise that we're making to our customers? Mm. How does this decision fit into our personality or how can we execute this decision in a way that matches yeah. our personality? And with those five questions, all of a sudden, you're going to stop yourself from making a missteps because that's the other thing that happens with people is you make a decision because you're like, I think this is important for maybe our short-term financial benefit or for yeah. XYZ benefit. And before you know it, you're off course with where your brand is. But if you can keep kind of that true north going forward, you're able to build intentionally. And even often, you know, maybe you don't say no to an opportunity, but you say, yes, we're going to do it, but we're going to do it in this way because it matches how we do things as a company versus just pursuing the short-term revenue um, without thinking about that. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's because those questions, if you kind of incorporate them into the way you like operate as a business, right? So if you're taking those and you're constantly asking them when you make major decisions, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you're kind of using them as a, a guide for the direction of the business so that you stay on track. Because when we, yep. you know, you build up brands and, and you decide, okay, we're, we're this is who we want to be. Well, often they get off track. Yeah. Yep. So, but if you're asking those kinds of questions up front, that is so that you can stay, you know, on the right track and keep moving forward and such. So I like those questions. That's, that's really good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, now in the case of like, say, so if we're trying to build up, you know, like use our brand as a way of like, you know, building sustainability, Mm -hmm. for the business you know how is that going to like what are the benefits because in the case of like customer loyalty retention you yeah. know, because it's always easier to you know continue, keep a you know current customer than it is to find the next one you yeah. know so how does it play into that you know so that we can build a sustainable business yeah so the things that it plays into um, I think it's easier to talk about the market first and then we can zero down to the individual customer. But I think there's three key benefits that people can think about when they're building a brand. The first one is alignment. So this is often we think of the brand as being the external facing elements mm -hmm. that we're communicating to people. But one of the key things that I like to speak with people about is this idea of does everyone in your organization answer the question, who are we, what will we do, what do we do, and why is what we do important the same way? Mm -hmm. And I think of this in terms of, I'm a big cyclist. And so like in cycling, I don't know if you've seen the Tour de France before, yeah. but there is a pace line is a key concept. You ride mm -hmm. really close to sure. people, right, to get momentum. And so just like with a pace line, everyone's on the same page. There's they're pedaling at the same speed, they're doing everything. And they're able to get like within a couple inches of each other to, I think in the back, it's like 50% less effort to go the same speed. And so mm -hmm. this is the same thing with your team. If everyone has the same playbook to play off of, they're all going to be reaffirming eat those brand 
um, values to your customers and in the market over and over again, and you're going to get kind of over increased buy-in, increased mm. credibility, et cetera. Yeah. So that alignment for your team is going to be really valuable. The other thing that I think is a key benefit that helps you build long-term stability is if you can change how someone is perceiving themselves when they interact with your brand. It's like if you can build up a really intentional experience, and I think about this with a business, it's often like, okay, what is your customer acquisition strategy? How are we going to inculcate the brand into that? And then how about in your how you're serving your your customers and even how you're doing things like billing and that sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. how do we build this into every aspect in addition to the marketing things that we often think about? Because at that point, you start to create this long-term memory of, oh, I love working with these guys because they make things easy for me. They provide, I mean, they push me to think bigger. That's something I want people yeah. to remember for my brand, if I'm thinking about that. Sure. They are always stepping alongside of me and not demeaning me, but they're giving me the chance to be a co-creator in the things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. They are always, um, they're tenacious about how they're going to do things. Even when resources are limited, they're thinking about how do we still hit this out of the park and how do we come up with a creative idea? So if I can get those memories to start be, being built, I get freed from two things. I get freed from price different price competition, right? Because yeah. all of a sudden that experience that I've created around my brand, someone's willing to pay 20, 30% more than the rest of the market because they want to have that experience. And mm -hmm. then the other thing that I'm starting to do is um, create a different category for myself so that when people think of me, they may think of, and I'll talk about my own agency, right? Like they may think of branding agencies and then my brand firm as a separate category because we've started to build a specific memory mm -hmm. and then I'm selling against less competition too. So I think alignment, freeing yourself from price competition and having the ability to redefine your category so you can be the leader in a category versus someone who's just competing alongside mm -hmm. everyone else are the three key benefits. The You're the example you gave, like, that's really good. It got me thinking about, like, high-end luxury goods, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, if you think of, um, it could be handbags, it could be, you know, bicycles, you know, different products. And why do they get more money? You know, because they have, they do that to differentiate. You know, you build, you know, when they're building their brands, they're building, you know, with the idea of we're not cheap. You know, they, they're not competing on price. Yeah, that's the, that's the one thing that's not happening with them because they are they've built a name for themselves. Like I say it could be a high end bike brand or, you know, any number of things like all categories have something, you know, or somebody that's kind of shooting for that. Right. Um, and there's, it becomes an expectation, though, that they have they have trained you to think quality. Mm -hmm. they, you know, to think experience, think service, think, you know, any number of things. But that's what the idea is. And they, and they have consequently freed themselves from, you know, their competition because, you know, it's not when you're charging more, it's not necessarily that you have competition. You have everybody has competition, but it's, totally. it's, how, it's how you're defining it, though. Yeah. You know, I'm not competing with these cheap, you know the cheap products that are on the market. I have a certain segment of customer that I'm trying to attract. And even though there are other expensive brands out there, if I'm doing things like the service end of things, you know, if I'm 
focused on the experience that they have when they buy this product or this service. Yeah, those are the things that start to differentiate. And like you mentioned, you, you know, the people that buy these things, they remember it. You know, so when it's mm-hmm. time to come back and be a repeat customer or buy additional products, whatever it might be, yeah, you know, I say it sticks. Yeah, yep. and that's why you end up with high-end luxury brands that people they don't question the price anymore because of, because of who that brand is, you know, what they perceive it to be. Hundred percent. And if we think about like in the B two B space, in case someone's working in that space, like I have a cloud consulting firm that I work with out here in Seattle, and. We worked with them to develop their brand and at the end of the day identified their essence was, you know, everyone's selling cloud consulting. We can help you migrate to the cloud. We can help you leverage AI. We can help you do all these things. But at the end of the day, we cited like what your essence was is they're selling clarity. And so imagine the conversation that changes in a space where Mm -hmm. they're dealing with customers every day. We're dealing with constant change. Technology is doubling every day. You know, they're having to think through this. And they're saying we can be the partner that can be the one that brings clarity. It gives you a clear path forward in a complicated, constantly changing environment. Yeah. All of a sudden, the sales has become way different and way Mm -hmm. easier. And then we can start building extensions off that because we can say, okay, in every presentation, then even as we're serving our clients, how are, what are the five ways that we're going to emphasize clarity in each presentation or each client meeting? Um, So how are we going to infuse that into how we're even handling renewals at the end of the year when we're, we're signing the client up for the next year? Mm-hmm. How do we infuse clarity in how we're marketing? And it starts to become a distinctive way to tell a story when they're working yeah. with Google, AWS, Microsoft, Azure, just like everyone else is. So they're offering the same thing, but all of a sudden they have this service that stands out um, from everyone else because of how they're positioning it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a. Uh, I love that because you know it is how they are, you know, positioning themselves. But what it's leading to is even how to structure the conversation because you've got these extensions that can work off of it. But it ends up with this. It becomes this guide of yep. the way you know for your employees. And when and when you can put that kind of thing in front of the employees, you have more control as a business owner. Uh, you can have kind of more control over what you're doing because you're giving them structure to do it within. And the structure is built on the way you want the brand perceived. Totally. Yeah. So (laughs) yeah, that's a, that's a a roadmap, you know, is what it is. Yeah. And that's so helpful as a business owner because you're trying to figure out stuff all the time. Right. Or as a leader here, you're dealing with enough change. So if you can have a roadmap for decisions, it's a great benefit to help you move faster, quicker. Mm-hmm. or further quicker, I should say, not faster, quicker. So when you take all these things and you start to put them together, yeah, yeah. How, do you, like, how does it contribute to building trust with, you know, for the brand, building your credibility, especially like if you get new businesses, yeah, they have a lot more work to do. In some cases, you, know, you could have businesses that have been around a long time, but they might have to, you know, kind of like, if they haven't done this before, you know, like the advantages, you know, are kind of obvious of what they're going to, you know, be able to gain if they can do it, but how are they going to go about doing it? Yeah. So the first step is to, I think, take some time. I mean, branding is complex, but I'll try to break it down into some simple steps. The first would be to take some time and do some sort of research. And I think people get overwhelmed by doing this, but it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And so 
what I'm trying to do when I'm doing brand research with someone is talk to the people who love an organization most and understand why they love them. Yeah. And so that could be for some people, like on a larger project, we might interview 50 customers, right? And get some trends going, but you could spend time talking to five customers. If you're a startup, you could spend some time, you know, talking to your first customers. I don't, I'm not a big believer in needing to do huge focus groups or even needing to do quantitative um, research necessarily at the beginning of a branding process, like a big survey project, because mm -hmm. I think that you, what we're looking more is the kernels of like the key ideas behind why people love you. And then you need to also get clear on like what your vision is. So okay. you're, we're trying to understand, okay, what the market is telling us about what they care about and then what our vision is. And then we're trying to find the Delta between those two things. And then then you get into that process of at, of starting to find, I think any brand, if they're do, trying to do this on their own, they need to define like that essence. So like, what's that key idea? And then building upon that essence, they need to define a promise. Mm -hmm. So a promise would be, what is, what is the thing that we're going to fulfill on in each and every interaction with the customer? And so this would be, it typically is very similar to the, to the essence, but it's, focus towards the audience. And then you need to think about your personality. So like, how am I going to show up? There's certainly more depth you can go into, but those would be the three things that I would focus on mm -hmm. first. And so once you've defined those, you can go back to those same people you interview. And I don't think we should ask people, do you like this? But <laughs> you should ask them, hey, we're thinking maybe about like three concepts for our brand essence. Maybe it's uh, and ask them about each of those. Tell me what they, how they make you feel and what they make you think. Yeah. So we're, because people inherently don't like change. We want to get input through the process. But if you're like, do you like this? They're going to be like, no, that's new. I don't really love it. Uh, we want to more get at their understanding of like, what what are the emotions that evokes that sort of thing? So go through a little bit of research. Define your essence. Define your promise. Define your personality. Then go through a little bit of maybe follow-up conversations to make sure that what you're thinking is resonating in some ways and evoking yeah. the right emotions from people. And then I would say you have enough basis to start creating some visuals, creating some content from a marketing perspective um, to that reflect that. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I would do is sit down with, if you're big enough as an organization, maybe you're you're a smaller business and you don't have department heads, so you're thinking about, how does this impact each functional area of my business? But I would, if you're big enough, you can sit down and say, okay, team with my department, or with each department, we're trying to make, we'll use this um, tech firm that I talked about as our example, we're trying to make clarity uh, the core of everything we do. Can you go spend some time and think about how do you infuse clarity in a day-to-day -day basis into your operations and your area of the business then have everyone come back and share ideas because then we're creating co-creation etc yeah. um, and getting buy-in and then it's about repetition a lot of people go through the process of branding and then they get out the door with an idea they've thought about how to infuse it but six months later they get tired of repeating the same messages and sharing <laughs> the same ideas and you got to do it for like 18 months to three years to be able to start getting that recall back. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a long, what we're doing here is not a marketing effort. It's a long-term investment in the equity of your organization, your company, and your business. And so we just got to stay committed to it. And that's easier said than done. 
but I think that's a bit of a roadmap. I'm happy to talk to people more in depth about what that looks like, but that's like a, the, the snippet of how I would approach things. Yeah, let me let me ask you because you mentioned the the time that it can take for it yep. to really start to sink in. How often, you know, should a brand, you know, should a company be reassessing the brand? Yeah, you know, to make sure it's working. Because if you went three years, you know, and then you find you know decide at the end of three years, well, this isn't quite working. We might have to, you know, I mean, that's a long time to have invested. So, totally. so w- when should we be reassessing and make sure it's working? I think as you're going through that implementation phase, you need to be looking at like probably six month milestones of saying, here's what we want to achieve over these next Mm -hmm. six months, because all of this is about being agile, right? I think about at the end of the day, your brand essence should be, shouldn't be changing. If we're designing a good essence, it can last for 20 years, right? Because it's going to be flexible, but the expression of how we're using it in the market is going to change. And so this is, we talked about, you know, Disney, their essence has been magic for probably 50, 70 years, forever, but how they're expressing it changes in the market. And Mm -hmm. so this is where as an agency, we try to focus on going through the branding process in six months or less versus the year to two years that people often take if they're doing an enterprise branding process. So we want to hit the core ideas, get those things identified, then get into market and start testing messages that are going to resonate around that essence. So I think as you're going into implementation, like I said, six months, define some milestones of what you're hoping to achieve. And then once the brand is established, you know, it's working. I think you still need to schedule time like every, I would say three to five years to have a more thorough review to say like, do we actually need to really rethink this? Because I mean, stuff is evolving so quickly so quickly that we need to always be constantly questioning that idea of like, how do we shift? How do we change? But ideally that essence stays the same over the long term, and you're more talking about how does the expression in the marketplace change? Yeah. I think also because over time brands evolve, they do change on their own. And if you're going to, yeah, but if you're going to assess part of it too, is your own team can change. And, you know, the Mm -hmm. way you're, you know, describing things the way you want to be doing it is it's not just a hey like say here's our front facing this is you know it's building out that brand is a lot of people interaction mm-hmm. yeah and the and what they're how they're dealing with clients how they deal with each other yeah so when you have that and you have you know businesses that the team evolves too you know you need to be you're going to bring in people you know it could be that you grew you know grew it could be that some of the original people that were around are now gone yeah and it, those things will affect um, whether the brand and what you're trying to do stays on course. Yeah, and they so, must affect it, right? Yeah, they have to. Yeah, exactly. So if you you need to reassess on a you know like that six month you know uh, mark that you mentioned because if you don't, if you go too long, you're going to find that a bunch of things morph morph into something else. Mm-hmm. And you could have prevented it. And so because you haven't, let's say you bring somebody on and they don't understand what you're doing there and how you know, they're just doing their job, but they don't understand how that brand, what you're trying to do plays into their job and their role within it. So you need to do it more often so you can catch those things. Yep. And another tool we use with folks as we're doing this is we'll do brand training with people in a rollout. You can do this in your own business, right? Mm-hmm. But the things we're focusing on are, First, communicating the essence because no, not everyone's not going to remember the whole 
depth of the brand, the personality, yeah, right. attributes, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So you wanted people to remember the essence. And then typically we're identifying for what we call branded behaviors that are like, you know, we start every meeting with this type of approach. We, when we interact with clients, this is, we use this posture as we're interacting with them. We're going to be generous in every interaction and we're going to also push them for a bold idea. So mm -hmm. like thinking about four things that are touched in with your essence that are behaviors you want people to do. And then beyond that, we're going to say in our training, okay, now you have an open playing field because each person has a personality that makes your your company really valuable. Yeah, And so it's like, now it's knowing these, the essence and the four branded behaviors, how could you live out those things in your day-to-day -day life and let people really dive into their creativity? Because ideally you're building a team that's talented, that's going to help you mm -hmm. grow and you want to leverage that talent, that personality, the magnetism that they bring to their work as well and the expertise. So it's all about understanding that this brand is a complex organism where we need to keep true north focused but also have the flexibility to allow people to live it out in a way that's going to be true to them as well. Yeah. Well, that's a, a great stopping point for this conversation. Yeah. I think, um, Josh, how would people uh, get a hold of you if they want to uh, reach out, you know, cause you've got, you are really focused on branding and building up and it's a lot deeper than people think on this, you know, on the surface, you know, so a company like yours could be really helpful. Yeah, totally. I appreciate that question. We are, um, our website is abravenew.com. So think about a brave new world without the world on it, abravenew.com. You can also look me up on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the best way to reach out if you want to start a conversation. I also host a podcast similarly um, called A Brave New Podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It's a conversation around brand and marketing. So if you want to get some you know, free, like every couple of week insights into branding, you're interested, you can dive in and subscribe, download that and check it out. But any of those three ways are great. Okay, great. So I'm Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters. We've been talking about, you know, building out your brand to really help enhance your business where, you know, because your business is, you know, it's a long-term thing. Your brand has to be, you know, long-term because it's, probably the most valuable thing that you're doing, you know, within, you know, if you don't really, you know, focus on it, then, you know, your business still ends up being, you know, mostly about you and you want something that's, you know, can help you separate the two and it drives a lot of long-term value. I'm the CEO of Titan Digital. Thank you for joining us today and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning into Marketing Masters, the agency power show. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.